Past Ball Show. Brought to you by JohnPLE.com. What the f*** you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f***ing Put that in. I don't... So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Talk about the past, talk about the history, I'm talking about what's great about this game of baseball. There's so much stuff that we talk about. I would say I would know, but I would say the reason why they want to pass is baseball going Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Joe Carter with a three-run homer. The winners and still world champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. And this team sucks. Well, he is where he's out. Yes, Brad is out. Look at, look at this. Brad is out. And uh, Damon Mann. Sell the team. Welcome aboard, Pass Ball Show, MTR Radio Network, hour number two. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview last hour with former Mets first baseman Ed Cranepool. I'm going to jump right into an interview I recorded with a former outfielder for the Braves and the Angels at the major league level. And here's a guy that's actually still playing. He's about my age. He's 34 years old. He played it with the Braves in 2001 and with the Angels in 2010. Had a nine-year gap in regards to being up there at the major league level. He's up there still trying to get a job maybe in Japan now. Trying to make one last crack at the big leagues. And his name is Corey Aldridge. So hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with former major league outfielder and maybe future major league outfielder. Corey Aldridge. Good afternoon. I'm here with former Major League outfielder Corey Aldridge. Corey, this is John Pielli over in New Jersey. What's going on? Right now, a lot just uh, really like this because it's not it's, it's probably not a typical off season because you don't really know for sure where you're going to be playing I mean you're going to train in Mexico you know odds are you're going to be able to get a job playing professional baseball somewhere but how, how do you go about uh, you know training and getting yourself in a, in a position to uh, you know wait for that call I mean I, I do I have a contract in Mexico so as far as the contracts as of right now that's Guys have been happening. Um, I'm definitely retired in Monterey. But, uh, you know, uh, my main focus or main goal is to get into Japan, getting back to Asia, whether it's Korea or, you know, Japan. You know, the, the major leagues are always is, is great, but I will say, to be honest, I don't think that, um, as far as, as, far as I'm, I'm looking like the Rockers, there's so many different scouts. You got so many Venezuelan. You know, Dominican, Puerto Rican, all the different scouts, and they get their guys signed. I don't, I don't see that we in the United States do the same thing for players, especially when you have a lot of players here that 
members. So as far as the off season goes, I do get myself ready, you know, to to, to go play where I need to go and go play. You know, I prepare for the for the best and they drink what they give me right now, you know, I'm in mean, blessed to have a job and go play and uh and, and things go and now when you're when you're going through this process and you know like you said you're, you're under contract with, with the Mexican team right now what, what is what is the process when you're let's say you're unemployed or uh, let's say a contract runs out with a team and you're a free agent are you essentially doing the work on your own or you know you're getting help from your agent or how, how do you go about let's say finding other work let's say in another country Like that. So, with me, I had to learn what was good for me. And now I 
have a better plan. I know what to get to me. I know what to get to me. But before it was, you know, go to the weight room, look the most ways to do this. And I think it hurts all the time. Like every year, I think. Every, it's like every year, if not every other year, or whatever, back in that year, I was a rehab and something. And that has hurt me in so many ways, especially with my major league career. Um, I know it's big league early. Uh, out of double A, and um, the next year I was supposed to be the fourth outfit slash maybe starting out there, and I hurt my shoulder. And a lot of that just came from not knowing how to train and or lack of, you know, not lack of knowing my body and where I should probably be doing. Yeah, you know, a follow-up question off of that because I, I think you hit on something fascinating. You know, you talk about the, the weight training and how it's involved in a game nowadays. Have you ever had the opportunity, and I'm sure you have, you know, over the years, uh, you know, you, you've been playing professional baseball, to speak with players that played, let's say, in, a, in the era or two before that didn't rely on the, you know, all the extra strength training and the weights and get any input from the stuff that, you know, they said as far as the way they used to work out without lifting all these heavy weights? Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to come up with a lot of coaches. Uh, like, well, I, I played, uh, my first manager was Frank uh, Howard. Yeah. With, uh, you know, he's big, six, 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 seven, strapping guy. The one thing that I've known for, like, the older players that I've known, that I've talked to that, that, that were honest, they said, you know what? It's kind of like you're saying about it. Like, there's nothing to that stuff. So... People think that steroids and weights and all these things are new. Now, there's, there's a way to go about doing it differently. You, you learn through trial and error, like what's, what's going to work out for you. But I mean, steroids aren't new. They didn't just start out in the 90s or the 80s. They've been around since, you know, since 1920. They've been around since baseball. Uh, so if you think that guys, didn't know about steroids, did not use performance enhancing drugs, but the performance enhancing drugs can be anything. It doesn't have to be a foot in the steroids. It could be cocaine, it could be a drug, it could be anything, an Adderall or grains, all these little things that have been around for years. It, it wasn't like somebody just woke up and was like, oh, hey, let's go, let's go do a steroid today. It's 
Um, it was difficult to be on the 2,300-year-old kid turn every day to go and basically sit the bench and watch the games. Um, I'm definitely grateful. You know, I mean, some people can't even say that. But it was basically in preparation for the next year to get me accustomed to the major leagues to be able to be a very true and I tell you you know the 2001 season you, know, you talked about how it turned out for you and you know you, the expectations of where you were expecting to be for 2002 now obviously you know the, the injuries are a major factor you know it, it kind of stunted your your development and maybe uh, kept you from getting that that opportunity with the Braves but you know you end up sticking it out for you know a, a number of years you know you're playing you're playing ball in the minor leagues you jump around to a couple different organizations I got to be honest, Corey. Did, was there any point, you know, throughout, let's say, the 2000s, that you thought about giving it up? Yeah, I mean, I, in all actuality, I, I, I really, I hung it up twice. I, I, I literally hung it up twice, and you know, but it wasn't because it wasn't because I didn't think I could play. It wasn't because I didn't want to play. I wanted to play, but it was just it was so much adversity. I know. Uh, I thought I was, when I had my shoulder surgery in 2002, back in the was like, you're done, you're never playing again. Like, you're not going to play again. Because if you do come back and play, you're not going to do it for a while. You're going to have to be a DH. You know, but then again, because you are, you swing left handed, that's your right shoulder, you're always going to have problems with it. So I, I shouted myself as being better. And then 2007, I had my first Achilles surgery. And I was going to go back to the right side I think I had. They get a play at like 290 something. And the year I had my third year, I hit 1070, which didn't have any power. I just, I, my, my leg was so bad, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to play anymore. I was in a situation where teams were calling to find me, but the wife was like, they were going to find me back. So my mother went by, and it's like, back to the I'm not going to I just had an opportunity, so I was like, I'm done, I'm going to retire. And a friend of mine, he wanted me to, he said, hey, why don't you come play in the ball? And my pride kind of got in the way. I said, I don't want to play. I will never play in the ball. I don't think that I, you know, I'm pretty good at that way to go. They don't pay. I'm too good for the ball. That was my thinking. And he's like, listen, it's fun here. You know, call every year. All these guys are here. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's just, it's all these guys are here. He goes, come here. You know, at least if you're going to finish your career out, finish your career in a league where you can have fun and just be here. And I went to Newark.
family and just go out and play on that. But I've, I've had opportunities he plays in front of me that, that actually kept me going. Because I could he could easily went the other way. So I'm not going to say that, you know, that's what everything happened for a reason. We always have things. But, you know, my family was very supportive. My mom, my dad, you know, we had my surgery. No, very true. Once again, John Fiala here with the outdoor with Corey Aldridge. Now, talk to us a little bit about 2009, and you, know, you put up some very good numbers for Omaha. Uh, tell us a little bit about that ride, and then your your call to the big league. Because once you make it back to the majors, it's it, it's nine years since your last trip up there. It must have been a gratifying feeling.
for playing that long and actually accomplishing another, the best goal of getting back to the I mean, play for defense, you know, get a lot of balls good, but get a triple in my first year. Um, you know, I just remember getting that hit. Was like, I'm, I'm, I got the hit at the time. I was just going through my whole career in baseball. And, you know, really not to cry. I'm not going to mess my job, but um, it, it was just the, the divorce, the, 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 the lack of money, the injuries, the injuries, the injuries, the, the hard work of playing. It's just that one hit. Now you go back, uh, you know, all the time you were in the minor leagues. <laughs> did, you know, did did you follow the, the the big game too? You know, in regards to like, let's say you see players that are, let's say, bench players on certain teams. Like, you know what? I I could do what he could do. Set to know that you know you you belong where you are, and it's not you know it's not you know arrogance. It's it's basically you, you know what you're capable of doing, and you know you watched it and you've seen it year in and year out. You probably know where you fit as far as being a, a potential big league player. You've been there before, and you know it's just a matter of just getting the right breaks, man. And that's the way you know a lot of things end up working out. I mean, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of solid players in major league baseball. You know, American, Latin, you know, Italian, Canadian. There's so many different good players. Uh, I think that everybody's always trying to, to find the to re to reinvent the wheel on baseball. I mean, a lot of people have never played, but they're make a lot of decisions. Um, I think that you know, they should get back to having baseball players and not trying to. And we'll create the next mic drop. We'll create the next whoever. And that's what, you know, there's, there's so much influence on getting cutie guys. Look, look, look. I mean, and I'm not saying those guys, some of those guys are good. Some of those guys are good. Not everybody in the making is good. Not everybody in the middle of the world is good. Everybody in the United States is good. But I think if you get back to putting the best product on the field, the best way to talk about the field, 
make everybody unhappy. I mean, because to me, I think winning is fun. And there's a lot of teams, and I'm going to be winning. Because it's probably just going to be no, very true, man. Once again, John Pialli here with Corey Aldridge. One thing I wanted to touch on before I go is, you know, your father got a chance to play pro football with the 49ers in 1980. You know, tell us a little bit about what you what you remember for that. I know you were, you know, I know you were you were you were, you were little. You probably uh, can't remember seeing it in person. I mean, you're about my age, so I figure, you know, you you were you were probably a toddler slash infant at the time. But, you know, what what are your memories from your from your father playing pro football? in regards to uh, playing playing on a professional level as far as, uh, you know, any any type of advice? Yeah, it is one thing. You know, it's basically pretty much get the job done and be, and be careful of, of your association. And because I will say this from experience, that there's a lot of people that are always, there's a lot of people out there trying to get you. And, and, and playing baseball, if you're really aware, it can make you very, to me, it can make you very cold with people because, and I know with me, it's like I feel like when I meet somebody, the last thing I do is when I play baseball or, or I do it or whatever, or I do it or whatever, because I feel like, you know, and that's the reason why you're willing to associate with me. And, you know, there's always somebody that's, that's, that's trying to capitalize maybe on what you've done or what you can't do or what you can do for them. And um, so you got, you got to be careful with your association, you know. And you know everybody's not your friend, so it can, it can make you cold. That was one of the things that he, because he had a problem with his agent, you know, a long time ago. And I remember also the first thing that he told me, well, you know, as far as the agent, I watch out for your agent. And I ended up having a couple of a couple of agent problems and things like that. But you know, it's pretty universal. I mean, it's, it's the same thing I tell anybody else. If I was playing, like, if I, you know, like, when I talk to younger players to this day, you know, um, I get the same as that. If I talk to guys like Tom Bell and Hank Hodges, but guys that I consider my real friend, you know, they, they'll call me for advice about anything. It could be life or baseball or a girl or something. 
And I was trying to, I'm not really honest with it and very respectful, but just, you know, take care of you, watch your frustration, and you got to look at your that. That way that, you know, something does go wrong, you know, you know you did your best. You know you did what you're supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Corey, I want to thank you for your time, and I tell you, you know, you keep up the hard work, and it's going to pay off, man. Best of luck to you in Mexico. Hopefully, you know, you end up playing in Japan and someday back in the pros. Well, I mean, you know, I appreciate it, man. I you guys enjoyed that spot there with Corey Aldridge and obviously my my best best wishes to him to hopefully he gets back into the major leagues and you know it's good to see him playing out in uh, Mexico right now trying to get himself a job with Japan and if he does that hey he's got another shot man and you know a guy that had a nine-year gap between major league appearances could make it back to the majors this year with another four-year gap which will be an outstanding story once again, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. Don't forget, check out JohnPielli.com, Basis Empty Blog, the whole thing. We're going to take a quick break, be right back with another interview that I recorded with former Major League pitcher Doug Bockler, who is right now a pitching coach in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hey, guys and gals. Want to have a great time dining out while watching your favorite sport on HGTV? Then come on down to Hooters of Princeton, New Jersey, located on Route 1 South in Trenton in the Mercer Mall. Hi, I'm Deja. And I'm Corey. These are great deals all week. Bound to whet your appetite and satisfy your hunger. Check out our Bun Day Mondays, where you can have a delicious cheeseburger and fries for only $6.99. On Tuesdays, we have all-you-can-eat wings all day, just $12.99 per person or $10.99 for boneless. On Wednesdays, you can get 10 boneless wings and an order of fries for just $6.99. On Saturday, kids eat free for every meal ordered by an accompanying adult and the meals are served on Frisbee. We have half-priced appetizers from 10 p.m. until close every day. You can then enjoy your cold draft beer with our mouth-watering crab clusters for only $5. Remember, we are located in Trenton on Route 1 South in the Mercer Mall, just south of Quaker Bridge Road. For any information, call us at 609-520-WING. That's 609-520-9464. So come on in and watch your favorite football team while having a great meal. Served up by the nicest and the hottest girls anywhere. Hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Sean Big Daddy Lynch. I'm Joe Delisanti. And I'm Tim O'Brien. And, and we're your favorite tailgaters. Listen to our show every Tuesday morning from 11 to 12 on NTR Radio. We'll tempt your palate with football, basketball, baseball, hockey, you name it, we got it. That's right, we do. We'll stir things up, voice what's grinding our gears, and just talk plain sports. We hold nothing back. Sports Talk Radio, are you ready for the tailgaters?
Welcome back, John Pielli, Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. Don't forget to download the iPhone and Android apps if you're not listening to us. If you're listening to us online, you want to take us with you. But I'm going to jump right into an interview I recorded with former San Diego Padres pitcher Doug Bockler. He pitched for a couple different teams over a series of about five, seven years. And right now is with the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. He's a pitching coach uh, looking to move his way up the ladder. So hopefully you guys enjoy this spot with former Major League pitcher Doug Bockler. Good afternoon, this is John Pielli, and I'm here with former Major League pitcher Doug Bockler. Doug, thanks for having a couple minutes today. Hey, no problem. Good to, good to be here. Hey, listen, uh, you know, start, start about talking a little bit about the transition you made into being a pitching coach and, you know, a little bit about what you're doing with the Diamondbacks now and how that's going for you. Well, it was, uh, it was a pretty smooth transition uh, as I was kind of winding down my career on the way out of the big leagues. It's been a little time in AAA and and really kind of took on the role of a guy that was just trying to help the young kids coming up and being a minister to them. So the transition was pretty smooth. Um, being a pitching coach for the Diamondbacks has been great. Uh, it's a wonderful organization who prides themselves in both drafting and developing talent, and uh, being a part of that has, has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked a little off air. You mentioned about guys like Patrick Corbin and Wade Miley. Uh, you know, are, is there, are there any other pitchers in your, in your own mind that maybe are kind of going under the radar that nobody's really talking about? Well, I mean, uh, I, there's been a lot of hype around, obviously, Archie Bradley. Absolutely. But uh, for one guy Uh, Miguel Montero, 
but the outfield is made up of guys like Cody Ross and A.J. Pollock and, and Jordy um, Parra that are just, uh, these, are, these are great players. These are all-star players. They're gold glove caliber players. And, and a pretty solid rotation that are, that's featuring, uh, obviously, uh, Miley and Corbin are the most recent all-stars, but you also uh, added some depth with a guy by the name of Bronson Arroyo, who, uh, you know, he's going to be the inning heater. He's going to give you quality starts every time he takes them down. But a bullpen that is uh, really solid. You know, we, we had addition of the closer for the White Sox. Um, we had J.J. Putz and David Hernandez and, and Brad Ziegler closed a little bit last year. It's a pretty solid-looking team. Uh, what we're looking for is to go out there and, and play hard every day, which is kind of a, a mantra that Kirk Gibson has given us. And, um, and, and, you know, do everything that we can to stay in every baseball game and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you, you can look at it from a perspective that the Diamondbacks certainly have uh, you know, a lot of talent and ability, and I really think they can compete with any team in that, uh, that division, uh, you know, even the Dodgers. I think uh, it's a chance that they could go out there and win you know, 85, 90 games and certainly be in a position to win the playoffs. And listen, if the Dodgers stumble a little bit, I think there's enough depth on this team that they could compete with them. You know, one of the things that you see is that, you know, last year the, the Dodgers went on what were some called, you know, one of the greatest runs maybe ever in professional baseball. And the Diamondbacks were cruising right along and winning right along with them at about a 75% clip. Uh, obviously, without that run, if they would have played normal baseball from what, you know, happens over the course of the year from year to year, they look at a different story. However, they went on a, a historic run to get to the point that they got to last year. Will that happen again? I highly doubt it. I mean, you're talking about a run that's never been seen in professional baseball before. So, without that run, you know, what does the NL West look like last year? I think it, I think it looks a lot different. And I tell you, you know the way the way things go out. Obviously, the Dodgers with the deep pockets and everything, but it it didn't it, it wasn't expect it, it wasn't expected to be as rough as it was for the Dodgers at the beginning of last season. And all of a sudden, they just went on this ridiculous run, and uh, you know the whole rest of the division kind of just couldn't keep up. And I tell you, you know I think the Diamondbacks, you know if you look back at the team over the last couple of years, they've gone through some changes. There's been some different type of players that have been traded out, let's say the Justin Uptons, the uh, Trevor Bowers, and uh, the kind of uh, the change of the look of the type of player to be more of like a grinder, a guy that's going to go out there and run through a wall. Um, I, I think it's something that's, that's helped out the Diamondbacks. What's, your, what, what's your, um, your outlook about the changes that have been made over the last couple of years? I think that there's been a lot of good changes made. I think that um, when you look at our system and you look at the kind of player that we're bringing up, we are bringing up the grinder. We are bringing, we're not about the flash. We're more about the production. We're more about um, showing up to work every day, kind of a blue-collar team. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that from the time that the Diamondbacks have come into the league, they've won more league championships than any other team in this division. More than championships. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, you know, this team is, is one World Series. So this is a, an organization that's, that is about winning, uh, and they're about winning the right way and going about 
field that's going to grind out every game. It's one thing you will never see if you show up at a game in Chase Field. You'll never see a game where the Diamondbacks are going to lay down or quit on the fans that are there for them. Yeah, very true. And I tell you, this is a, you know, it's an exciting season coming up. We're in the spring training. Um, you know, anything else you got, you know, going on in Arizona? Anything that, you know, you've seen that maybe kind of surprised you? No, no, really. I think that, uh, I think that the commitment to the fans that they keep showing up every day has been huge for the Diamondbacks. I think that that's going out and signing Bronx and all of what we did and picking up Martin Prado and, and, uh, and good behind Paul Goldschmidt long term, given, given the fans some, uh, some continuity and the people that are going to be there, uh, even high, on the higher up end. Uh, them extending Kirk Gibson and Kevin Towers is one more reason to kind of look for the Diamondbacks organization that's going to be in the thick of things in the West every single year. Yeah, no question. Once again, John Pielli here with former Major League pitcher and pitch coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Doug Bockler. Now, you know, what, how would you summarize your experience first in the, you know, when you pitched it, as a minor league pitcher and then later on as a major league pitcher and reliever for five plus seasons? Well, you know, you know it's different. You, you really have no concept of, uh, of how things go when you're on this side of the baseball as far as coaching goes. You don't understand uh, your status within the organization. You don't understand whether or not you have enough ability to get to the major leagues or not. Um, you just kind of go out there and bust it out and, and do the best that you can. Um, when you walk on the field of the major leagues, you obviously know that you're a place that uh, very few people in the world have ever been to. And you understand that uh, it's a it's a special group, and whether you play one day or whether you play 20 years, you've always got that title as a major league baseball player attached to you. There are initials that go behind your name. They're different than, you know, PhD. I mean, you're an MLBRET, whether you're retired or not. Absolutely. Um, so that's a special, it's a special thing, and, and, you know, to grow up, to get there is kind of what we're trying to do as coaches. Trying to shortcut that that path for some of these guys, give them some things that have helped us along the way, try and pass those on to the younger players, and, and make it a little bit of an easier uh, easier trip to the big leagues. Yeah, no question. Now, what, what would you think is your biggest attribute of what you maybe from what you've experienced or what you've learned mentally from experiencing you know you know success in the major leagues and a chance to be a professional baseball pitcher for a long time? Well, I think, you know, the things that, that I bring to the table are, you know, obviously uh, I understand the delivery very well. It's one of the things that, uh, that I've studied. I, I, this is my craft, and I will continue to educate myself on that. Um, but as far as, uh, as far as what it is that I can bring to the players, you know, understand how hard it is to go out there and do this at a high level. And not everybody gets there. Um, but what we can do is we can treat everybody the same and give them the best opportunity and the best knowledge and pour myself into these young kids that are trying to get there. And that's just being a good person in general. Not taking anybody for granted because you never know who it is that's going to be the next, you know, Doug Bockler or uh, who, who's going to be the next John Franco or Greg Maddox or at any level of success you have in the major leagues. 
It's awesome that you just said that. Well, who would you think, whether it was a coach or another pitcher, had the most influence on you as you were coming up as a pitcher in the minors and in the majors? Uh, I was looking at some very good coaches. I think people that stand out are people that I coach alongside now. One guy named Mike Pitt, who's very instrumental in caring about my development, cared about, you can tell he's pouring his life into mine. And it was nice to see another guy by the name of Dan Worthen, his pitching coach for the New York Mets right now. He, uh, he was a guy that I, that I knew the same thing. I could trust him. I cared about him as a person, not just as a pitcher. He uh, emotionally gave himself to me. So these guys are guys that had great impact on me. And I, th I think about people who helped me learn what it is that I do now as far as the delivery. And there's people like Brent Strom, which has got the job with the reciprocate that onto the younger pitchers as they're coming up and at least they know that hey you 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 were through it before you know what they're going through while they're going through it John Piella here with Doug Brockler. The last question I want to ask you, um, you had a chance with the Padres to pitch on a, the 1996 team that made it to the playoffs. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience because, you know, going back to the way things were just a year before, you know, the team was not doing so well, all of a sudden had a nice turnaround in that one season and made it to the postseason. Take us back to 1996 and what kind of went on from, from your perspective. Well, you know, we were young in 1995, uh, 1994 was the year that, uh, or 1993 was the year that some people called the fire sale there, um, so we ended up making a lot of trades, getting a lot of new people. 94 was, uh, spent, you know, developing that talent and, um, establishing some guys as major leaders. 1995 was, uh, a year that we started to learn how to play as a team and everybody was coming together and a lot of young guys were getting their feet wet in the major leagues. 1996 kind of everything culminated. We had we went on a good run. Um, we came down to being down two games going into the last series with LA. And we ended up sweeping the Dodgers and making it into the playoffs and becoming the National League West Championship. Champions. It was a very incredible run. Uh, we had a solid team. We had the MVP that year, King Caminiti, 
Listen, Doug, I want to thank you for having some time. Appreciate you giving me a couple minutes, and best of luck to your continued success. Hey, thanks, I appreciate it, Spot there. Be back in a couple minutes. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. You're listening to MTR Radio. We have ignition. Strap in. You're about to listen to the hottest sounds on MTR Radio. You're listening to MTR Radio. A flippin' out radio production. And you've got it. Hot, 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 hot. Blaze, blaze in the steel. covering the most current topics today check us out on mtrradio.com we go offer packages to advertise on our website and on mtr radio get your name in front of over five and a half million people advertise on mtr today email info at mtrmedia.com for details This is Lady E, one of the many broadcasters at MTR Radio. If you're listening to mtrradio.com, fantastic. Que bueno. But if you want to take us with you, we have an app for your smartphone that lets you listen to us 24-7. Just go to Google Play on your Android device or the iPhone App Store and download our app, MTR Radio. This is empty vlog. Go ahead, laugh. Laugh all you want. But the fact of the matter is, this is this is the setting for the greatest story ever told. Okay? Face empty vlog. Faces empty vlog. Faces empty vlog. Faces empty vlog. Faces empty vlog. Get into the 31 MLB countdown of all 30 major teams. Big thanks to Ed Cranepool, as well as Corey Aldridge, Doug Bockler, pass ball show. Welcome to London, Marconi, Chicago, the heartbeat of America, yesterday's Chevrolet.